This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Analyzing Anfield. I'm Josh Williams and I'm joined by David Hughes. Still pushing on, mate. Still going. Yeah, mate. Still surviving. You know, the, uh, <laughs> the apocalypse that we're in. I'm all right. I'm actually quite warm because I'm getting burnt by the sun, but... I mean, we could be complaining if it was raining, wouldn't we? So, yeah, I'm going down the uh, the Gattuso look. I think <laughs> Gattuso, Frank Leichardt, or something like that going on. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know what? I was looking at me here today and was like, "This is the longest it's been in a while, and it's not going to get cut anytime soon." So, it'll be an interesting the, progression over the next few weeks. The other day, I had my first moment where I was like, "No, this is too long." This, because um, it looked like I'd put a, it looked like I'd put a helmet on. <laughs> Would you be tempted to get a skinhead? Not a skinhead, but I'm tempted to um, get the clippers out. Let me see to do my sides or something like that, just to try and yeah. get the bowl head going, going away. You know what I mean? Yeah, see how it goes. Anyway, back to the football. Mm. Um, so we said last week that we were going to go down the route of a rewatchables match this week um, before doing more of Liverpool's recruitment next week. But we'll switch it up a little bit. So we're gonna do. We're gonna continue with the recruitment team from last week because it seems to go down quite well. So last week we did. Uh, for those that for those that didn't didn't tune in, it was um, an episode on if you was creating Liverpool's eleven, Liverpool's primary eleven, the way it works and stuff like that. But as though Liverpool's current eleven didn't exist almost. So not necessarily replacements, but finding another Firmino, another Salah, another Mane. Um, the only problem was I felt as though with well certainly me personally I've talked about that quite a lot so I feel as though every name I came out with people already know so I enjoyed doing this midfield one I don't know about you I enjoyed doing it a little bit more because hopefully I'll be able to come out with some names that you know you haven't heard me say every other week on the show mm. yeah I, uh, I thought this week's was a little bit more difficult actually because um, yeah, yeah. I think Liverpool's tactics play a huge part in, in their midfield so this was kind of, it, it wasn't always easy to find a, a like for like as such. Not that it was easy last week with the front three, but yeah, I thought it was a little bit more difficult this week. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, we probably point out that me and you haven't spoke before this, have we? About who we've picked. No, um, no, we haven't spoke before, and so I've got no idea who Dave's picked. And the idea this week is, say for example, Fabinho, find another Fabinho who can come in immediately and basically do as close to what Fabinho does as possible without Liverpool's standards dropping off. Um, so we'll start with with Wijnaldum, I think. Um, arguably one of the oddest in Liverpool's, in Liverpool's team. Um, I think we've referred to him before in past episodes as, as Ditto from Pokemon. Just <laughs> 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 because of how versatile he is and how adaptable he is. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, the only the only criteria, the only restraint that I put in there was that he has to be under the age of twenty six. So uh, I'll let you start, Dave. Yeah. So um, I, I I picked a player to start us off that most people watching or listening will know, and it's um, Matteo Kovacic at, at Chelsea. Um, obviously he's twenty five, so just makes yeah, just makes the um, the bracket, so to speak. Um, but yeah, you know, he's 
a central midfielder who, who operates mainly as part of a three, similar to Liverpool. He's a uh, he's right footed like Juan Aldum is, except he plays on the left like Juan Aldum. Um, but yeah, you know he's re- really good on the ball, um, strong in defensive duels, um, really comfortable in tight areas, um, tends to dribble out of danger quite well. You know these are all kind of. Um, Characteristics that you would associate with with Juan Aldum, um, and yeah, I just think he's he's a really good player. He's been really good for Chelsea this year. Every time I've watched them live, he's been Chelsea's best player, um, and I think he's the type of player that you could kind of drop into that Liverpool eleven in that position, and he'd be able to replicate a lot of the things that um, that Genie does so well. Yeah, yeah, very much agree with that one. I was a piece of him the other week actually. Um, I think whenever I think of Kovacic, I always think of uh, press resistance immediately. Mm. Just because he's, he's not the type that you can pressurise into a mistake, is he can get himself out of tricky situations. And um, I think he dribbles more often than the average midfielder as well. It's not usually a common trait, that. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, my first option, I went down the route of, I had a little look back at my piece from a few months ago for Liverpool, Liverpool.com. I tried to find similar players to I am on the day. And first of all, I just went through the the basics of what a Wijnaldum is. <laughs> so, versatile, very reliable, dribble, mobile, tactically good, never loses the ball and doesn't take many risks in possession. So that was my kind of, you know, Wijnaldum criteria, if you like. So my first option, uh, Dennis Zachariah, 23 years old, from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, apparently, he's, apparently Liverpool have supposedly trying to sign him in the past. Oh, really? Um, I read piece, yeah, yeah, I read a piece the other week from, I think it was Honigstein on The Athletic. And he just he just dropped a note in there that Liverpool tried to sign him a number of years ago before he moved to Jamie. Hmm. Uh, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did. Six for three years, big physical imposing player, um, Swiss, and his, his defensive dual success rate in terms of how efficiently he wins the ball. I think his, I think I looked at Europe's top five leagues, minimum 1,500 minutes, central midfield. I, I can't remember if I put an age limit in there, but regardless, he was the top um, top success rate. I think he wins something like 70% of his duels. I think Wayne Aldum's on about 68, 69 or something like that. Um Contract until 2022, which is decent. But the only issue is that I do think he'd cost a fair bit if he wants them. Quite an all-round midfielder, like, um, as I said, big physical presence in the centre of the park. And I think he'd be he'd be able to perform the kind of, like, the balancer-type role that Wijnaldum, that Wijnaldum executes every week. Mm. Yeah, no, good shout. Um, let me just load up my, my sheet here. Yeah, so... Uh, this of all the names I've, I mentioned today, um, or on the show, this was the one I, I my toes curl a little bit. But if I had a bit of context, hopefully, you know, people might um, try and understand. I've gone with um, quite a surprise choice in Frankie de Jong. Um, okay. Now, the reason I say about the toes curl and part is because he, everybody in Europe knows about him. He had a huge, obviously, summer transfer from Ajax to Barcelona. Um, and he's probably more associated with a, a, a more deep-lying role, you know, maybe like a more Fabinho role. But 
No, we actually look at him this year for Barcelona. He's he's been used, uh, you know, across all the midfield three. Um, you know, they've had two different managers in there. It's been a bit wild, and um, yeah, I, I just think he's he's a lot more. If we talk about like um, defensive aspects of his game initially, he's a lot more imposing than I think people realise. Um, if we do compare them to Van Alden, you know, he's. I think he's averaging 3.86 duels per 90 with a success rate of around 62%. Genie's averaging a little bit more at 4.1 and 66% success rate, but the, the differences aren't that huge. Um, you know, I think he, we talked about this earlier. I think if you're talking about press resistance, he's the best. He's the best at it. You know, he's great with the ball at his feet. I think he, you know, he glides across the pitch effortlessly. And I think he is actually a surprise candidate for for kind of playing that role and doing it really well. And he, I think this season he's actually played more minutes in like a Juan Alden role than he has in a in more like a Fabinho role. Um, obviously, he, he, I, I can't, can you remember how much he was, he was bought for in the summer? I know it was a... I think it was about a million. Or was it? No, I, th- I think it was about 72 or something like that, oh, wasn't okay. it? Or 92 so, maybe, something yeah. like that. But it it, it it seems it's echoing the Coutinho, Coutinho move there a little bit where, for whatever reason, obviously they've had a bit of a tough campaign in Barcelona in many ways, but um, it, it feels like he hasn't really been the success that, he, that they'd hope. And you don't know if maybe there'd be a, a potential to, to cash in maybe next year. Um, it's hard to really guess from this point, but yeah, I think he's a surpri- surprise candidate, but good reasoning to maybe have that comparison. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame for me that he went to such a possession-based team because mm. obviously you would associate Ajax with possession, obviously. Mm. But he's, he really seemed to thrive for me in the Champions League when Ajax benefited a lot from being able to play in transition uh, against Real Madrid and Juventus and they beat another big team as well, didn't they? Or they thrived against Spurs, at least, yeah. until, uh, yeah. until they ended up getting beat. But... He really seemed to thrive when the match was quite loose and the mm. ball was quite like you know fumbling all over the place and stuff like that. But now that Barcelona dominate like seventy percent of the ball every week, he's kind of having to play within himself. I think. Yeah, you know, you're, you're spot on. Yeah, the point you make there about the transition game is is spot on. Like that's that's definitely somewhere where he thrives, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's why he's struggling a little bit, or not struggling, but maybe just not hitting the heights people were hoping. Yeah. Uh, my player, I was a little bit reluctant to put him in simply because, I mean, it's a little bit judgmental, I suppose, but purely because I've read one or two things about his, his uh, character um, and his, his contractual demands and stuff like that. But uh, Asian Rabio, so 25 years old, uh, six foot two, so another physically imposing player. And I'm pretty sure he's talked up Liverpool and Danfield in, uh, in the media in the past. Recently, since since Klopp's kind of like turned him into a force, uh, currently at Juventus, and um, they actually got him for free. Uh, technical player, very strong as well. Um, yeah, he was signed for free in twenty twenty in last year, I think. Uh, contract until twenty twenty three, but I think the way Juventus do things, the way they acted with Emre Can, for example, they just sold him for a profit after getting him for free. I think they would do the same with Rabiot. I don't think he's really. I don't think he's really hit the ground running with on the side. Um, might be wrong in saying that, but is I do he playing think he's much? Josh? 
I have to check that one. I, last time I checked, I don't think he was. Um, I know a few clubs are within four in Premier League wise, weren't they? And obviously, yeah, I'll have a look at Juventus. Um, but come on, sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to check now. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just felt he was he was an applicable player because he's quite progressive on the ball, but he's, he he doesn't lose it very often. Mm. I think he's quite efficient without the ball. Uh, so this season, yeah, in Serie A, only one thousand one hundred minutes. Mm. Um, I think, for example, at, at, at a regular starter, I think it's on over two thousand now. Mm. Uh, so yeah, and before we move on to the next midfielder, I do want to just add one one special mention to a player that I wasn't willing to put in there because I don't think I mean, his potential for a move is past. But Idris a gay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of his and I think he's he, he showed up alongside Zachariah and Wijnaldum when I did this piece for Liverpool.com a few weeks ago as one of the the most efficient A users of the ball and B regainers of the ball. So I think he could he, he'd be really good at being Liverpool's Wijnaldum but I doubt it's doable anymore. I think he's like 29 or something now, isn't he? Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that it took the move to PSG for people to kind of take him serious because you know, people who watched Everton a lot will confirm he he wasn't he's an elite player. Like if, in his role in his position, he is elite. You know, there's there's, there's very few in the world who are better. Um, but obviously, when you when you're playing at Everton, where you know a, a Premier League club trying to break into the top six, not quite there, it, it's hard to kind of take these players as serious as as being as good as they are. But now people have seen him go to PSG kind of translate those abilities into like, you know, competitions like the Champions League and yeah, he's, uh, he's phenomenal. It's, it's just a little bit of a shame that he wasn't maybe four years younger. Yeah. Um, I think there was a question on, on Twitter a few months ago and it was, um, who do you think is the best Premier League player in the past decade that hasn't played for the top six club? Mm. And I think my answer was, I actually said two Everton players, I think I said, I said Leighton Baines and Idris Gay. Mm, just think of two players that could have comfortably moved into arguably a title winning side and they wouldn't have really looked out of place for me. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, definitely. So, next, anyway, we'll move on to Fabinho. So, do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. Um, I'll start with a bit of a controversial one here. Um, I'd say um, Fred at United. So... I appreciate Fred often plays more than like a, I, don't know, I suppose like a double pivot, um, and he was a bit of a laughing stock last year, wasn't he? But you know, if you watch him a lot, like we have this season, um, and if you look at his numbers, he's, you know, he's 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 been very impressive in in all aspects of the game, really. Um, you know, it, thankfully, it feels like recently it's become common knowledge that you don't really measure the player's quality by. You know, looking at things like how many defensive duels they make per 90. But what I will say is that kind of stuff can still um, work in your favour favor with context. You can still utilise it um, to try and get, get a gauge of a player's ability. And I thought it was interesting that he's got the second highest number of defensive duels per 90 in the Premier League this season for, I think it was Premier League midfielders who've played 800 plus minutes. Top was a Norwich player. So I think it was Tom Tyre. Tribal, yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he's most likely in there. He might be a good player, but he's most likely in there because Norwich is involved in a lot more, you know, um, 
defensive aspects of the game, whereas United are a top side who probably see fewer defensive um, defensive moments on the whole. Um, so I think for him to be so high is probably a bit a bit more of a justification for his abilities rather than um, rather than it being like something to do with the team he's playing for. But he just you know he, he passes the ball well. He's become a real kind of calm and composed ball passer. Um, I think he he presses well in in the middle. Um, I think he could do that role on his own if United eventually goes to like a four three three. I think he could be the like the Fabinho in that side, and I, I think he's he's getting to the position now where he could probably sit in a Fabinho type role in this Liverpool team and and be able to perform at, at a similar level. I don't know if you if you agree it or not, but. No, no. I think I think he did that at Shakhtar before moving mm. to the Premier League. I think he was um, he was Shakhtar's number six under. I always forget his name. Was no, it Fonseca? Was it Fonseca? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was quite a progressive player. He was good at those kind of like vertical passes into a player's feet, and then like the number ten can then turn or whatever. Mm. Uh, so yeah, not a bad shot Um. So for me, Wilfred Ndidi. Mm. Um, I am a huge fan of this this kid, and when I say that, I mean mainly, well, I mean eighty odd percent without the ball because he's he's such a adequate replacement to 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 Kante. They got it so right when they replaced Kante with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of the best ball winners in the Premier League. Does an absolute load for um Madison and Tillemans. Um, by the way, I haven't went through my Fabinho criteria yet. So I'll go back and step back. Hang on So I went for disciplined, aggressive, composed, solid contribution, both with and without the ball. And a big one, a big fact that I wanted to put in there was was tall. I think it's important for, for Liverpool's number six, the, the type of game that we play and stuff, to be a tall, aerially um, dominant figure, if possible. And try Fabinho, I think, was, was selected. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. killed my Fred shot there, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose I have, yeah. Five foot two or something. That's right. I'm glad I got him in there before the criteria show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, indeed, he's five foot 11, so I'd say he ticks that box. Uh, I think I've just said he's only 23 years old, and I should have said that. Uh, mm. Premier League experience, obviously, would probably cost a lot if we were to buy him. Uh, contracted until 2024. And I'll be honest, he doesn't offer that much on the ball. But... He's he's comfortable enough to play in a in a dominant possession based team. It's just not the biggest risk taker. He's not uncomfortable and, and, and like that. He's just not the the most daring. So it's kind of like you know I'll do my thing and that I'll let you go and go and play basically. I think what you've just mentioned there in terms of midfielders, Premier League midfielders, defensive deal success rate and stuff like that. You mentioned that Cyber was there, mm. um, Fred was there. I'm pretty sure indeed he will have been third. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he's right up there for for defensive activity, and I think he's dropping so just, just on the point I was making in relation to Fred. I, again, I think that if you look at these things with context, you'd say indeed he is is there more so due to his abilities rather than as a consequence of playing for a side situated near the bottom of the table where they'll they'll be involved in a lot more defensive actions. So that, yeah, again, yeah. I think it's a it's a positive about Ndidi's game. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he's top for interceptions per ninety, and he's certainly up there for 
ball recoveries. Um, can't specifically remember the exact number, but Fabinho will post also post well in that regard. So I think indeed he's you know I, I find it mad that he's still only twenty three. I feel like he's been around yeah, for quite yeah. a while now in, in England, but uh, he's a player that yeah. I think I think it'd be definitely appropriate. Like. Yeah, no, I agree. I like Ndidi. Uh, I think they got that right. Um, the next player. I've, now, the criteria here, if we're talking about criteria that I've kind of looked at, was um, players who were kind of posting similar averages in terms of uh, passes, you know, success rates in the same defensive duel, success rates, just, just, just the things you'd associate with his game. And... This play is a bit, uh, would be considered a bit more of a risk because it's still early into his European career. But you know, I think there's a reason why he was being touted for a big move from South America originally. Um, and this is Bruno uh, Gamerez, who just recently signed for Leon. Okay. Um, you know, he's actually a, a national teammate of, of Fabinho, uh, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, he. I've wrote about him a couple of times and you know he's 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 got really good passing quality he doesn't take too many chances um he's a good ball carrier when required although he is quite disciplined um he's really aggressive in in closing players down when when without the ball which is quite important because you know Leon tend to press fairly aggressive aggressive as a side so um, it's a benefit that they've dropped him in there and he can do it. Now, he's only played a few games for Leon because he only joined in January coming over from Brazil and um, I think he was involved in some sort of Brazil national team qualification um, at the end of January. I'm not, I can't remember what it was called, but there was definitely something going on. So he hasn't played at some, but when, when he has played, he's looked really good on that side. Um some, I mean, sometimes it will be a midfield too that he's playing in, so it's it's difficult to gauge how he'd succeed in, in, in on just like on his own as a a kind of firefighter, I guess. Um, but he's got all the credentials to do well. I think it'll be interesting to see him and Fabinho over the next couple of years kind of fight for the positions in the national team, playing similar roles. Um, I think he's going to go on to be a good player, and he could potentially, you know, play a club like Liverpool. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because my second option was also going to be a Leon midfielder until I realised that he's already agreed a deal to move in the summer. So oh, I, I went down a different route. So I, it, it was initially uh, Lucas Toussaint. Oh, yeah. Uh, 22, strong in the tackle, six foot, uh, six foot one, sorry. And he seemed to take all the boxes until I realised he was moving. So I just thought there was no point then. Uh, so I tried to find another an alternative, um, and I've went down the salad route in terms of a player that many will consider to be a Premier League failure, but for me he didn't fail, his team failed. Uh, so Andre, Frank, Zambo and Gita, you heard him? No, I Are just haven't like, gone. No, seriously, I don't know this. He was uh, signed by Fulham last summer. The infamous uh, Fulham raid where he signed about 4,000 players. I spent like um, over 100 million. Yeah, but he was, he was one of them. And it was, he, he was very, very clearly a, a data sign. You know those players that, the, that they show up in the data and you go and have a look at them? Yeah. He was one of them because he, he was posting very, lots of output, particularly defensively. Um, 
but Fulham obviously had a mess of a season, brought too many players in, didn't have their, you know, the surroundings to basically integrate them all seamlessly. They ended up not really being a team. And when they went down, he left in the summer on loan to Villarreal. Yeah, just think, that Yeah, I think they've got an option to buy, but I think I've read somewhere something like, you know, they can't really afford to do it or something like that. Uh, but he's six foot, only 24. He's really good without the ball and quite skillful as well on it. But he's, mm. yeah, I remember saying last season when Fulham were having quite a bad year that, like, a team like Spurs, maybe under Pochettino, when they, when they hadn't signed Ndombele yet, they hadn't signed La Celso. I remember saying, Zambo and Giza could be a steal there. Uh, I don't even remember them. I, I, I genuinely don't remember them, you know. Oh, that's quite bad of me, that. If, if you look at his numbers, particularly before he moved to England, he was posting ridiculous like interceptions and stuff like that. And uh, when you actually watch him play, he's good on the ball as well. He's big, athletic and stuff like that. So, for me, he's better than his current level. Better than Fulham, better than Villarreal. Uh, and in terms of putting him in Liverpool as a number six... That's one downside, actually. He used to play in the two. So he'd have to do what Fabinho did in terms of laying in the sole, the lone role on his own. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that kind of like uh, efficient role of like, you know, regaining the ball and giving it to the more creative talents while occasionally having a little bit of skill on it, sort of thing. I think he'd be able to do that quite well. Yeah. So he was just kind of, I suppose you would say, a little bit of a wild card that I threw in there. But yeah. Yeah, interesting. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Jordan Henderson, then. Unless you've got him to add. No, I haven't. No, at all. Just, uh, I'm just well, wondering yeah. with you saying all this if he's going to maybe have a bigger move in the next year or two, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. But yeah, Jordan so, Henderson. Yeah, Jordan Henderson. So I, I don't know about you, I found this one a little bit tricky. <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure um, many people will agree with my my two selections actually. <laughs> Go on, let you start. Yeah, I'm just having a look at the criteria I was looking at. So yeah, there was there was the obvious focus on things like passing and passing success rates, um, where he comes out in terms of defensive duels and stuff, but also just general defensive actions because. Um, I think it's a little bit hard to try and capture things that Henderson does in the data alone. No, he's he's a very good pressing midfielder, isn't he? But we haven't really got the the best access to the data to to capture that, I suppose. Um, so, <clears throat> one player I've gone with though that I think could raise a few eyebrows, but I do like him, and also I, I hopefully it'll irritate our producer who's an Arsenal fan. But um, <laughs> I've gone with Matteo Ganduzzi. Um, he, he, he was floating around my to him but I, was I, didn't he, yeah. I did spot him yeah yeah I just think he's a, I just think he's he's a player who can play so many different positions which is probably as a result of playing under under Emery and being kind of dragged from pillar to post but um, now I think he's he's probably best kind of occupying like you know the length of the half space you know and it, which is, is kind of that number eight role that you see at Liverpool um, you know he tends to drop I think there's been a bit of conflict with Arteta as well. I think I've read. Well, funny enough, this is this is what I flagged because I, for the while I've said, why is he not playing? Because I think he's a really good player. He shows up really well in the data. And I was like, is it something that people are only seeing when they watch him week in, week out? Which, admittedly, you know, we don't. 
Um, but from speaking to Arsenal fans, it does seem that there's been a clash, and that's why he's not playing as much. Um, which yeah, you know could he be seems quite like quite passionate, but sometimes that can spill over. Yeah, like but there's young early, isn't he, early so? Deli Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gerrard was similar. Yeah, and it. Uh, but you know what, Josh? It's easy to forget. He's only twenty. You know, he, like he feels yeah, a little yeah. bit older than that, but twenty is like nothing. Um, but yeah, I think he, um, you know, he, if we're talking about numbers, focusing on numbers, he, he sees a little bit less of the ball than Henderson. He averages around 55 passes per 90. Henderson's like the late 60s, but they have a similar pass success rate. You know, he doesn't tend to, he doesn't tend to try too much in terms of risky passes that can kind of, you know, result in possession being up, uh, given to the opposition. Um, he doesn't attempt as many, I think this is important to myself, he doesn't attempt as many of those kind of up and over long balls, which I think is kind of something that's really important to Henderson's game for Liverpool. You know, the way you see him drop it in like the right back position and kind of putting these diagonal balls over the top. I think that's something that you'd miss when Henderson wasn't there. But I think on the whole, he's the type of player who's got all the all the characteristics that Henderson has and certainly could go on to progress to be a really good player and you know if you think of the Oxlade-Chamberlain transfer um, when he left Arsenal to Liverpool I don't think Arsenal felt like losers in that situation um, but he, he's gone on to be quite a quite a good player even if it didn't work out with them and I just wonder if maybe it could be a similar situation with Ganduzi. Yeah no as I said he was floating about mine but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not particularly because he, he doesn't feel as disciplined as Henderson does. I think that's one of Henderson's best traits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah decent shout, especially considering he's he, he was very recently a teenager. I think that's crazy. Mm. Uh, so yeah. my first pick is a lad who I don't really get why he's not talked about more and why he's not linked with moves more. And that's not me saying because he should. That's me genuinely. I don't get it. Um, yeah. So, Western mechanic, uh, Schalke. He's American, twenty-one years old, six foot one. So another physically built player. Um, and he's you know he's very mobile, very energetic. He's captain his country as well. I think despite only being twenty-one years old. I did not. Very know. very bit. Yeah, I think he has only once or twice. Like very very versatile. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Very versatile uh, to the extent that if he was Liverpool's Henderson, he'd, he'd need probably greater positional discipline. Um, he's a bit, maybe a bit much of a free spirit to be Henderson right now. Mm. Contract until twenty twenty four as well, so he's he's not going anywhere soon. Like, but uh, he's a player that I never ever see linked with anyone, and I don't really know why. Because uh, I think if he was in England, you know, playing every week for for a top half team, American twenty one year old who's quite an all-rounder. Uh, I, I just don't get why he's not talked about more. You know, big, physical, six-foot player, midfielder. Uh, I don't get why he's not talked about. Um, and he fits my Henderson criteria, which was just basically, you know, industrious, energetic, lots of stamina, defensively really good, physically built, hungry, that sort of stuff. Because I think Henderson, one of Henderson's biggest qualities is, you know, his intensity, really. And I think lots of his intensity comes from his physical and his mental traits. Uh, 
So yeah, Weston McKinney was my first. I just I, I don't really get why he's not. I never heard him. Never heard his name anyway. Yeah, uh, it's funny that he, he obviously he plays with a with a scouser to his right now, doesn't he? Obviously not a Alexander yeah. Arnold level, but he has John Joe Kenny there on loan from Everton. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's interesting that. And he's got he's got uh, David David Wagner in charge of him as well. Both yeah, you know what? I haven't I haven't really been keeping an eye on how Shelton have been doing this season. Let's have a look. I think they were doing okay. I'm not sure if they still are. So I think earlier in the season he was he was doing okay. Like, yeah, top six. So yeah, doing all right. Hmm. Interesting. So they put the one on for yours, depending. Yeah. So um, I've gone with uh, Rodrigo Bentica mm-hmm. at Juventus. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that was, an approval? He, is it? <laughs> yeah, he was in and around as well, but uh, I opted yeah. against him in the end. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously really versatile in midfield, but ten, when Juventus play, see the thing is with Juventus, they play, they don't tend to stick to the same formation week out, week in, week out the way <laughs> Liverpool do, but they do, they do often play a 4-3-3 and when they do, he's, uh, he's usually on the right of the three. Um, you know, he's, if we're talking about being imposing and, you know, size, he, he, he's 6-2, he, he performs slightly more defensive actions actually on the whole pair ninety than Henderson. Um almost identical success rate in defensive duels, but he's a he's a really good accurate passer of the ball, doesn't take a ton of risks, which is important in, in Liverpool's midfield, because we know the, the kind of flair comes from other areas of the pitch. Um but yeah, he's he's another you know, doesn't take as many of those long passes, but I think a lot of that's quite tactical. But um he just seems to possess a lot of the same qualities that um, that Henderson has, albeit in a different league. And I think he could be a, a player that you know could step into Henderson's shoes and, and do the job well. Still, just twenty-two, so he's got plenty of years ahead of him. Probably his best years as well. Um, so yeah, could, could could be a good alternative if he if it ever comes to it. Yeah. Um... I'll be honest with my with my next one. I've I've kind of cheated a bit um, because he's he is twenty six. He's not under, so okay. I suppose it's not really allowed. But he he applies to such an extent that I felt like I had to include him. Um, Thomas Party. Oh, oh, you know what? Right? Yeah, can I just say something quickly? I had him down, and I was like, oh, he's just twenty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I get it because he, yeah, he was so, and I thought he would have been really relevant to flag. So I'm glad you're having the sense that you know Liverpool just played Atletico and did, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was everywhere, wasn't he? He didn't seem phased. Mm. Again, fits the fits the mould of a big physical athletic composing player in the middle of the park. But he's mobile as well. Well, mobile enough at least. Um, predominantly plays on the right. Um, although he he tends to switch around a little bit, mostly in appearing rather than uh, a trio but still I don't think he'd have any any trouble acclimatising um, very much an all-round player for me it doesn't have doesn't have many weaknesses at all uh, six foot tall yeah I just I can't really I good, good in the air and stuff like that I can't really can't really stress that this player doesn't really have many weaknesses you can actually get her um, I think one, one area that I did struggle to to find regarding Henderson in McKenney and Thomas Parsi is what you've just mentioned there, the long passes, his tendency to spread a ball over the top or something like that. But 
I don't know, maybe as you say, that could be a tactical thing. That's something that Thomas, as far as I'm aware, doesn't really do. Um, mm. But I think he's probably he's probably better in small spaces than Henderson is. Probably better with his feet. A little bit more of a dribble and stuff like that. But yeah, 26 year old, but I, just, I felt I had to include him. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, a really good shout. Yeah. It makes sense. I, uh, as I said, I had him on there. I took him off because of his age. Uh, but I, I I'm glad he's 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 had a shout out. Yeah, one more player as well. Another another Idris Gay type thing where I want a, a special mention for a player that I didn't include, and the reason I didn't include him is because he signed a new deal a month ago. So, bonus. But I wanted to I wanted to find a player. I was thinking, who's out there? Who's an absolute engine in terms of just relentless harrying, doesn't stop stamina for weeks. Uh, but can play and um, Alexander Golovin into mind. Oh, Golovin, mm. yeah, AS Monaco. He's, a, he's after the World Cup, didn't he? Oh. But uh, he's a player that just takes the box of just like a completely relentless oh. runner, basically. Yeah, like a never ending engine type thing. Yeah, just that, that, that stamina, that, that workhorse sort of thing that Liverpool's midfield is associated with. I think he'd offer that while also having a bit of quality on the ball as well going forward. Late how, ones and that how, sort of stuff. So, how, Josh, how long has he, he, he been with Monaco now? Um, not, not like Cup, I'm not putting you on the spot, just roughly. Wait, hang on, the Russia, Russia World Cup was 20. I'm not making sure it was. So, I'm just because so I'm surprised he stuck around because obviously that was a little they, they've been a mess, haven't they, Monaco, for like the last two years. Um, yeah, and at the at the time of um, moving there, he was strongly linked with Chelsea as well. Interesting, though. Yeah, not a really good shout, though. So, for the final two, uh, we've opted against including Milner, but I think it's I think it was important to do Liverpool's two kind of alternatives to the usual industrious midfield that we like, and those two alternatives are Alex Oakley Chamberlain and Naby Keita. So um, rather than continuing in the same way we've done so far, Dave took Chamberlain and I took Keita. So uh, go on, Dave. How many, how many replacements have you? How many uh, backups have you got for him? So I've just I've three. just done the one, but there's there's two that I've I've kind of similar, I suppose, to the theme that we've been doing, where you just want to give it an honourable mention. So I guess, um, but I'll start hmm. with my decision, my choice. So I've gone with um, Oscar Rodriguez. Um, who's technically a Real Madrid player, 21, but he's been on loan at um, it, it's Leganes, isn't it? In in yeah, the league. yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes I get that pronunciation wrong, but yeah, um, he's been on loan with them this season, and he's he's looked really good. Um, with 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 Ox, I've I've focused on kind of the obvious things that you associate with him. So I've looked at things like um. His dribbles per 90, his progressive runs per 90, because obviously he's the type of player that you, when, when he's in there, you expect more of that, you know, almost exploding out of the midfield and driving the ball forward. Um, a little bit more of a, I don't know, I, I guess a water carry between the midfield and the attack. Um, so they are things, just those characteristics that you'd associate with that, I've tried to associate when looking for players. And, you know, if we look at Rodriguez, he's uh, he's averaging uh, 0.33 goals per 90 this season, which is very similar to 
Toxay Chamberlain, um, he's averaging over five dribbles per 90 with a success rate of over 50%, which I think is pretty good for the, a central midfielder. Um, it is better than Oxley Chamberlain. He's making more progressive per, progressive runs per 90 as well, and he's averaging 2.3 shots per 90, which it says he, he's, he's shooting a lot and probably not from the best of angles, but Oxley Chamberlain, that's, that's part of his game as well. You know, he's the type of player within the midfield who will... Take on a few more, um, you know, a few more shots from outside the box. Um, I think he averages around two point five Oxine Chamberlain. So, yeah, I think he he, he could be a, a really interesting player, and maybe even a realistic target as well, because it looks like he's going to struggle to become a Real Madrid regular when, when he eventually returns. I saw a few clubs like Sociedad were trying to inquire about me maybe making a move. So, yeah, he, he could be an option. Yeah, I'm not too aware of him to be honest. Doesn't really think mm, about yeah, that one. Yeah, he's well. He, he hadn't played a lot. He hasn't played. A, I don't think he's actually made his debut for Madrid. He come through the uh, the academy, but as I said, he's gone out to Leganese um, and being you know a really good player. Um, so yeah. I will say yeah, that maybe one, one Real Madrid midfielder that, that did take me fancy for the Henderson role, but I ended up going against him because I don't think they'll sell him. Is that Freddy Valverde? Um, oh yeah, yeah, really big runner. Mm. You know, engine and that sort of stuff, but I just thought, you know, Real Madrid will be interested in keeping him for a while now, I think. I know Real Madrid are in a little bit of transition, but I could imagine them to be quite a good side again in the next couple of years. They seem to have yeah. some good young talent. Yeah, to plan ahead, aren't they? Yeah. So, uh, that'd be Keita then. Um, general criteria, I just thought, you know, he's an industrious player, so he fits Klopp's kind of mould, but he's also creative. Um, unpredictable on the ball, dynamic, technically very good, offensive-minded. That's so different to the current Liverpool midfielder, I suppose. Um, I'm going to go in there straight away and say that the player I would have went for for this six months ago would be Bruno Fernandes, funny enough. Hmm. Uh, but... He's probably unlikely to, to move at the minute. Manchester <laughs> 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 United, isn't he? So, but I think he, yeah. I think Liverpool will have definitely liked him as a player. In fact, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I, I think we we did ask about his price, uh, and I think that's what put us off, understandably so, because I think it was in and around sixty-five million. Uh, Look, that's Liverpool aren't going to pay that, but if we didn't have an Abi if Abi didn't exist, and Liverpool wanted that kind of squad tool who can play in midfield but provide a scoring threat, provide a penetration threat, I think Bruno, Bruno would have been the man. Um, so I've, I've went down the route of Hossem Ua, I think I've said that right. Uh, Leal, uh, Leal, Leon, you wear them, Dave, yeah? Hossem Ua. Hossem Ua. Oh, uh, oh yeah, 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 sorry, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God knows how you pronounce that. A O U A R. Twenty-one years old. Um, yeah. Played the majority of the season in central midfield. Only five foot nine, but it doesn't really matter with with this type of role. This isn't one of the physical Liverpool midfielders. This isn't Abi Keita. So, but he can't. Keita's about, about that, isn't he, Josh? I think five ten, maybe Keita. Oh, so, uh, okay. yeah, should be that, yeah. Uh, he carries the ball dynamically like Keita does. I think about I think they both average around three progressive runs per ninety this season. 
uh, in troubles equally as in, in fact I think he troubles more often. Um, less than one shot assisted per ninety in League One this season, but I think he's he's clearly a talent, isn't he? He's, he's clearly the type of player that could play in your midfield and offer a bit more of a creative spark than the likes of Wijnaldum and Henderson and Fabinho and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Continental is he, 2023. Is he, is he French, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he I, is, gu- is I googled he? that actually. It's kind of like the French Algerian crossover. Oh, so yeah, I'm not so, sure yeah. which country he represents. I'm assuming it's France. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just having a look now. And he's, yeah. Yeah, but well, he's represented them at under 21 level. So I assume that's going to be the route he goes down. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, um, I threw I threw one other alternative in there. Just I suppose I had like one and a half players for this one. Um, another player who in England the perception will probably be he's failed, uh, and the perception in football to be honest will probably be that this lad's failed. But he's he's still only twenty two. Uh, Morato Sanchez, next big thing oh, at the yeah. time. Uh, Benfica, Swansea, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he moved to Bayern Munich, didn't he? After a strong Euros, I think, and he was deemed as the next big thing. But he, he's very similar to to Cater, I think, in terms of that that really modern profile, in terms of good with and without the ball, really skillful. Uh, he's like a like a number ten, but he's not. I don't know. He's he's got that kind of completeness to his game, athletic and stuff like that. And he's now he's now currently at Lille. Um, he signed them permanently last summer, I think, for about something like 20 million something like that um, but I think he's I maybe wouldn't be suggesting him but purely because of Klopp and what Klopp can do to players how he can kind of empower them and inspire them I think if you can if you can if Renato Sanchez can reach his ceiling it is a high ceiling he's he's still 22 um, I didn't know he was that young still like it feels like he's been around for ages yeah exactly yeah because he, he, he I suppose he has but I think he, f- he finds the penalty box quite frequently as well, with passes more frequently than... Uh, sorry, not, not the penalty box. I think he, is, he assists shots more frequently than than Noir does, and I think around the same as Keita. But uh, yeah, I just thought he was a relevant player to throw in there, considering... I don't know, I just, I just don't like when sometimes if a player has a rocky period in England, the immediate perception is he's, he's failed. But like, you know, look at, look at De Bruyne, look at Salah. Look at Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose Zambo and Geese is another example from before. There's, there's plenty of these players who just need a better environment, basically. Yeah, especially yeah. when they're young. You know, it's it's it, 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 it's hard to be the, the finished deal at 18, 19, isn't it? You know, you've, you're still well into your development. Um, hmm. That's why yeah, I said, if, so, if you would have said to me before saying that, how old did I think he was? I would have said oh, 24, 25 now, so it just shows. I didn't realise he was that young. Yeah, I think it's it's mm. typical real business, to be honest, isn't it? can't remember the name of the sporting director over there, but Mourinho was interested in bringing him to, to Spurs. And I think he's really good at getting getting a, an undervalued player in before eventually selling them for a profit. And I think Renato Sanchez will be one of, the, one of those. Mm. Uh, so before yeah. we end, who did you think was the trickiest? Uh, of the three, I mean, well, of all of them, um, I don't know. You know, I thought uh, I thought Wijnaldum was a little bit difficult, actually. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, do you have beyond, a beyond Kovacic, I couldn't think of a of an obvious candidate. Hmm. I think for me, I I found it difficult to replace. Well, I mean, they were all City. Don't get me wrong; they're all uni types and stuff like that. But I think I think Henderson, because of how much comes into his game mentally, leadership wise, and you know that that sort of stuff, that's difficult to find. That you don't get many players out there that are like you know proper, just true to heart leaders, just naturally. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he. Uh, it's a bit of a bit of an age old. This is England sort of quote, but I think he does offer more than just. What you see on the pitch, I think he's, I think he's massive. Yeah, well, we did. Remember, we talked about him not so long ago, and one of the things that um, I remember that was trying to really um, hammer, hammer him was that he he kind of has the characteristics that aren't really quantifiable. I think his skill set could have quite easily seen him playing at like maybe just a, a top eight level, but I think his everything else that he brings to his game. Um, in terms of you know his leadership skills and stuff, that that's kind of made him um, or it bestowed him the ability to to progress with this Liverpool side. Because don't forget, he was he was still playing for Liverpool like six or seven years ago when Liverpool were were nowhere near the side they were. They were like a top seven side, and he it's a testament to what he possesses to be able to have progressed without being well cut in previous regimes or Klopp coming in deem him not suitable. Klopp's come in and not only deemed them suitable, but kept them as a, as a captain. Yeah, yeah. No, you're spot on. Uh, so, you know, listen anyway, thanks for joining us, Dave. Yeah, yeah, cheers, mate. And um, cheers to everyone else as well, of course, for listening still. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for keeping the faith. Thanks for staying tuned. Uh, hopefully we're, we're helping get you all through the, the self-isolation period that we're going through at the minute. Uh, hopefully we will be back next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red Channel.